Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay crypto current. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Syscoin, where you can find the best of Bitcoin and Ethereum in one place. Syscoin combines the best of both worlds to bring you a network to build the most secure, reliable, and fastest Web 3.0 applications. You can build with the same EVM tools and resources you already know from the Ethereum platform. You can go live on a fast, reliable, and hassle-free network that scales with your application. You can design the most ambitious, future-proof projects you can imagine without needing to worry about scalability and inordinate fees. For more information, go to syscoin.org. Again, that's syscoin.org. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Current. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest all the way out in Tennessee working on a sensational project I'm excited to learn more about because there's just so many different elements within this ecosystem that they are tackling. Um, we have Bradley Stevenson with the Syscoin Foundation. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Very busy. Uh, these are these are very busy times, for I, I think, for everyone involved in blockchain, but in a very good way. Oh, absolutely. And what's cool about this, uh, especially during bearish times, as someone who's building um, during this time, it's a time where you can actually put your heads down, not really worry about the noise and really get to, to building. And I'm sure there's several things that you're going to be able to, to unpack on that in a moment. But before we do that, first, we want to learn more, a little bit more about you, Bradley. Can you give us some background on yourself? Relevant to blockchain. So I first heard about Bitcoin sometime in 2011. Um, and you know, that's back when only the nerdiest people or the fringiest people knew anything about it. I tend to, to stay out on the fringe, you know, and I am a little bit of a nerd. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was subscribed to a newsletter of someone you're probably very familiar with, which is Cliff High. I used to, I was just really curious about his stuff. It's really interesting, uh, his, his uh, reports on his linguistic analytic reports called Alta Report back then. And he was the first person that I heard mention Cisco, uh, um, Bitcoin. I couldn't quite wrap my head ar- around it completely. It sounded very interesting. I, you know, I do have a background in IT, uh, an enterprise background in database development, as well as just, you know, just sort of across the whole spectrum of, of IT. But even then, I couldn't quite grasp Bitcoin because it was such a new concept. I had actually thought a little bit about, you know, the possibility of digital currencies before I ever learned about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I had sort of an ascent towards what would probably be, you know, what is now called the double spin problem, you know? And, and once I ran into that in my head, I was like, Oh, there's no way, <laughs> you know? So like, I, I didn't even, I didn't even go in any further once that kind of dawned on me. But anyway, I heard about Bitcoin and I became very interested and I continued to learn about it uh, as time went on. I finally sort of got involved, you know, a little more in like owning some Bitcoin and sort of just generally more involved in blockchain around 2014, right? So I didn't miss out. I, you know, I always look back and I'm like, man, I, sh- I really should have bought some as soon as I heard about it, you know? But uh, I think right. everybody says that, right? Of course. Um, and, and new people will probably continue to say that. <laughs> Until the so, end of time. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So I came across Syscoin and was pretty impressed with the project, you know, especially with the core developer, the lead core developer, Jag. You know, I came across Syscoin. This was about like late 2016. I just liked a lot of things about the project, the, ma the mature approach to design. You know, they, they were acknowledging a lot of like big issues with blockchain back then, like the scalability problem. They were willing to, to redesign uh, the protocol in light of some of these revelations that, that they had really before a lot of other development teams had the same revelations. And uh, I just, I liked the vision. I got more involved. And, you know, I think, I think it was like in 2019 that I was voted on to the, um, the Syscoin Foundation Board, which is a registered nonprofit based out of Netherlands. You know, and our mission is to, you know, we have sort of a general mission, which is to help promote the adoption of cryptocurrency and blockchain, advance the tech. But of course, our, our primary focus, you know, in doing that, of course, relates to Syscoin. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that background. Uh, the fact that you were able to know about Bitcoin back in 2011, but even the fact that you got to purchase back in 2014, uh, way well ahead of the curve of most of the people listening to this show right now. Um, and of course, we all wish we bought more earlier, but it's also just a quick reminder that no matter where you are in the timeline of crypto, there's no time like today to figure out a way to get involved with projects that make sense to you. So Bradley, now as you talk about, you know, it comes 2016, you get to figure out what uh, Syscoin is and you're like, okay, this is the ecosystem I want to be a part of. So you've been with the system, uh, you've been in this ecosystem for, for six years now. So first explain what is Syscoin? What was the premise of it? And kind of what has it evolved to today? In the beginning, um, Syscoin was, was very focused generally on, on making blockchain more useful for people, for real use cases. And, and they were very interested in, in use cases beyond just simple value transfer, right? Which is what Bitcoin is amazing at, simple value transfer and, and primarily secure store of value. But Syscoin wanted to do some other things. They wanted to have some hard-coded smart contracts. The first discussions around Syscoin, like the beginnings of the project, like this was like back in 2013. In 2014, the first you know version of Mainnet was released. Uh, I think that was like in I think it was in June. Nevertheless, uh, and it included um, an on-chain marketplace, like some hard-coded smart contracts for aliases, which are you know the early form of what we now refer to as like decentralized identity. Um, they had uh, certificates which now are what would be called NFTs, right? So they had, they had these kind of um, very specific hard-coded smart contracts that were not Turing complete. You know, I don't want to get too technical. So you know, I, want, I want this interview to relate to everyone and everyone to be able to walk away with some value, whether they're an expert or a novice. So like, guide me a little bit. If I, if I get too technical, pull me back in. Or if you need me more, got you. let me know. I'll, okay? I'll rein it back in and I'll, I'll <laughs> ask for specific things for you to go in a little bit deeper just in case. Okay, so I don't want to stay too far on the past with Syscoin. What ended up happening is, is you know, all of this was before Ethereum, right? So Ethereum right. went main up with Turing complete ex, uh, computation and everything. It was realized that there was a huge scalability problem just generally with blockchain. And so what Syscoin began to focus on was making a secure layer one that does what a layer one is supposed to do, what it's intended to do, which is to secure those transactions in a decentralized way. Uh, where you know that transaction will exist on that blockchain hundreds of years from now, right? As long as the network stays up. So that's what we began to focus on. They began to cut away a lot of the fat, uh, make a very efficient blockchain. The developers really had a knack for identifying design characteristics that would solve multiple problems in, in one elegant suite. 
right? So one of those very important characteristics is merged mining. What that enables is for Syscoin to inherit the proof of work network, the mining network of Bitcoin, you know, a very significant portion of its hash power where those miners can take the work that they've already performed mining Bitcoin and essentially present that work as a voucher to Syscoin to create a block and receive Sys as a reward. So we incentive, we provide some extra incentive to Bitcoin miners to continue mining even after the, the uh, 20.999 million Bitcoin are mined. In addition to Bitcoin fees, they'll still have an incentive to continue you know, supporting Syscoin. That's a very important aspect. It's green because we're not requiring them to spend any extra energy, yet we're right. currently inheriting around 20% of Bitcoin's hash rate, right? So yeah, so we're, Bit- we're Bitcoin merge mined. Um, uh, wh- what we've become today um, now with any VM having been released December the 6th is a platform that supports Turing complete smart contracts exactly as they're supported on Ethereum. So anyone can take their Solidity code or what have you. If it's running on Ethereum, it, it, it will work uh, on Syscoin. So we have a dual chain architecture. Um, okay. If you imagine Syscoin, it's essentially a system of systems in more, w- in, in more ways than one. If you think of Syscoin as a large sphere and with two smaller spheres inside, All right. One of those spheres is our Bitcoin based UTXO type chain uh, where we're merge mining. The other is an Ethereum based EVM. uh, And we leave both both of those models intact, right? Because they're proven. Bitcoin is the proven security standard. Uh, Ethereum is the proven standard for Turing complete computation in a decentralized way. So we don't want to violate those. They work. They're very well proven, right? But there's a lot of things that can be that can be improved upon. So we keep those models intact. And in that larger sphere of Syscoin, we create interplays through protocol adaptation where these two different paradigms can sort of play off of each other to create new strengths. So with Ethereum with the Ethereum model, you know, it's inheriting that Bitcoin proof of work as a means of settlement, of secure settlement. And it's taking, it's able to take advantage also of advancements like ZK rollups, um, optimistic rollups, you know, all these scaling solutions that are really on the cutting edge, thanks to uh, some, you know, some of the amazing work of academic researchers uh, into cryptography, right, which is very necessary, and particularly for scaling computation. And then on the other hand, we can take advantage of lightning networks and things like that on the UTXO side, and we bridge them with a trustless bridge. So people can move their assets between both, right? We can take advantage of the best of both evolutionary tracks of Bitcoin and we can add to it, right? So we, we can, we can, you know, we can create a lot of synergies for us. Synergy isn't just a buzzword in a boardroom meeting, right? Where you're getting lectured. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's an actual thing that we do, right? Which is so. important. And real, real quick, I want to make sure I unpack all this and, and make sure I'm following. So what Syscoin is able to do at a layer one protocol is to take the best of Bitcoin and Ethereum and be able to wrap them at a, a, a base layer. So with Bitcoin being able to essentially use its security and being able to use these kind of microtransactions that still wrap into the block for Bitcoin so that you are still getting some of the hash from it. So it's still secure and you're still being able to move a little bit faster. So you're getting that greatness of that world. And then you go to the Ethereum side of the spear, if you will, the two spears within the layer one protocol that you have. And within the Ethereum side, you can still have the scalability piece because a lot of things are still being built on top of it. You can now use the ZK rollups, um, which are a great scalability layer that's being built on top of Ethereum. 
and you are able to handle more transactions than you would on the necessarily on the on the Bitcoin side. Is is all that kind of together? Are there any pieces that you would wrap in there? Hey, Cryptocurrent crew, this is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay Cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today, and as always, stay Cryptocurrent. Um, yeah, we, we we actually do have some interesting ca- scaling characteristics on the Bitcoin side through uh, some some um, innovation that we did with something called ZDAG, which is where we utilize the Bitcoin mempool as a DAG, which it basically is. There's just some um, tweaks that we've made in that regard as far as forwarding double spins and you know just generally making nodes very quickly all nodes very quickly aware of all transactions, you know. We have some throughput solutions sort of on the Bitcoin side as well. But yes, the scaling with ZK rollups is, is really the future. And the big thing that NEVM, which for us, that stands for Network Enhanced Virtual Machine, uh, our NEVM, you know, uh, introduces smart contracts to the world of Syscoin uh, and it introduces smart contracts to the world of Bitcoin security. No, which is great, which are two vastly important pieces of the equation. Now, the other piece of this equation that I'm curious about is uh, when you think about layer one protocols, a lot of the big issues that come up when you think about Bitcoin and Ethereum is that their layer ones are very slow. They only do a limited amount of transactions per second. How is Syscoin going about solving that particular challenge? Going back to what I said um, a little bit ago, which uh, was our focus on the layer one doing what it's best at, which is decentralized security. Syscoin's layer one purposely as, as far as e, the EVM goes, is not particularly high throughput. And it's not, it's not designed to be that way, and it doesn't need to be that way. And the reason why is because rollups uh, and layer, other layer two scaling solutions are where the users really belong. The settlement, you know, the, the settlement of maybe aggregated computation or, you know, things like that, that belongs on layer one. Um, so uh, users... Uh, users will have the ability to essentially have almost like a web two experience as far as performance, um, as far as you know, just the general user experience while you're taking advantage of the benefits of blockchain, thanks to layer two, right? So web three right. will act will act in all the right ways and all the good ways a lot a lot more like web two very soon. And the layer one really needs to be focused on providing reasonable fees and very very good security. Uh, and that's that's what our layer one is designed to do. So with that in mind, you know, we have a two and a half minute block time, right? And now in the world of smart contracts, when you tell some people that they're like, that, how can you, how can you even like, what good is that? You know, I can go right. to Ethereum and it's like 10 seconds and, you know, this other one's even faster. And with the layer two, it's going to be even faster than those are. Is the, If that's the intention and the purpose of that particular layer two, it can be as fast as you need it to be, right? If you got the, if you got the computation resources. so. Uh, the layer one is focused on security and the layer two abstracts that layer one blockchain away from the users. So they don't even have to think about it, but they get all the best of it. Right. Right. And it's interesting play, right? So a lot of layer one solutions have various reasons to applications, as you're saying, if, if the goal is speed, 
then there are some out there that do a whole lot of transactions per second. If the goal is security and scalability, uh, it could be potentially slower. So it sounds like in this scenario, Syscoin has gone the route of security first, point blank period, and then layering on layer two protocols on top of it so that you can then get the speed aspect and other things that can contribute to making the seamless process. Like you're saying, with it being like a, a web 2.0 solution that a typical user is used to experiencing, they won't skip a beat. But underneath the hood of how everything works, there are some elements that might be slower, but with it being more secure, you're getting the full package, keeping up with what your everyday person uses, the, the experience, you're not really missing anything. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as long as the security mechanism of the layer two, you know, whatever developers come along and, you know, develop a layer two app, um, as long as their security is, is decent, is, is good, the users don't really have to worry about layer one at all. It can be, super, it can be, it can be fast and then they can, they can have a good time and with their experience and know that in the background at some point, whether it's 10 minutes from now, whether it's three hours from now, when the rollup decides it wants to group everything together and do a succinct settlement, you know, they'll know that that layer one transaction will be there and that their data is secure. It's really easy to have a super fast L1. It's really hard to deal with it blowing up in your face. <laughs> yes, which is unfortunately a lot of uh, ch reoccurring challenges that are coming up for some fast layer one solutions that are out there. But something else that I want to kind of dive into here with you is for, for people who are listening right now, they're like, okay, this sounds interesting. Who would be ideal to come in and start using Syscoin? Is it your developers? Is it someone who has a project and you're looking for a security and, and layering solutions? Like who, how can someone come on and immediately start using Syscoin? One thing that's good to know is, you know, in EVM, our EVM blockchain is 100% compatible with anything on Ethereum. Um, so if you've got Solidity code uh, that you want to port over, um, you can. Uh, we, as far as uh, rollups go, uh, we're very kind of uh, focused on uh, Matter Labs' uh, particular approach, which is zk sync 2.0. We like it a lot because it's open source. We're open source, and we just generally like um, a lot of different things about about that. So one thing that's good to know is um, transpiling is available with zk sync. So you know, you should you you'll be able to transpile your Solidity code uh, to to work with with zk rollups as soon as zk rollups are are rolled out publicly. Um, as far as specific types of projects, I mean, uh, really, really anything that can work on Ethereum and more. So, uh, if you're looking at um, like metaverse applications, um, you know, if you wanted to look into the future at things like you know, like Internet of Things or you know, um, or if you just really dag nab it, you just really want to make that that dystopic Internet of People thing work. You know, you can, um, you know, you can you can do that too on Syscoin. Uh, <laughs> the scalability is there, right? With 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 right. rollups and everything, and the way we've designed it. So smart cities, you know, all all of those kinds of things. Now, when we talk to projects, which you know, we've been talking to a lot of people lately. We kind of we help them assess what's best for them. We're like, do you do you want to launch on our layer one? We do need like some DeFi primitives and things like that, of course. Which, by the way, our first Dex, our native Dex, launched today and went public. It's called Pegasus. So there's that. Congratulations! Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, thank you. It is a big deal, and we're very excited about that. But what we do is, um, we we try to help them assess whether they belong on layer one or layer two. And the vast majority of projects that come to us, we really kind of push them towards layer two. You know, uh, as as far as just the development approach and what they offer their users, they really should be focusing there because very quickly that will be future that everyone's looking to. So we want people to be ahead of that curve. And 
one example of a project that we've helped quite a bit with that was Mute, Mute.io. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but that is a DeFi, that is a privacy-oriented DeFi suite um, okay. that is designed for ZK rollups. And I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're almost done with their development. Um, but we, we um, our, our lead core developer advised them quite a bit um, a couple of years ago when they were uh, running a blockchain that was a Dash fork, I believe. And we pushed them uh, towards ZK rollups and helped them understand the benefits of that. So you just brought up a lot of different things and ways that you're working with these different ecosystems and they're looking at uh, potentially coming on to layer two. So, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, there's, there's three things I always like to, to kind of ask you about. And the, the first one is just like, as you look out into the future and you see, you know, we're at the beginning of 2022, a lot of exciting things happened last year. And I think there's a lot of things that are pointing towards us getting closer to crypto mass adoption, especially after something like the Super Bowl going on, you have a lot of monies being spent around crypto and acknowledgement that this is here, it's here to stay and et cetera. What do you think is going to be crucial to the future of crypto, especially as it relates to layer one, layer two protocols? Just time, <laughs> because it's, it's inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable that, you know, um, blockchain and dis- just generally distributed ledger will really form so much of how, you know, how we see the future and, and, and what our future will be. I, I would say um, the last time in history that there was something that you could even relate to being as relevant as this goes back to the days of the Crusades of the, of the Knights Templar. And the only reason I say that is because they are, they are thought to have come up with the idea of fractional reserve banking, right? Which, <laughs> which I'm not very fond of, but that's essentially the, that was essentially an evolutionary leap in, bank, in, in finance and, and, and money. This is, this is even more significant than that. It's going to completely change how people think of uh, value. They're, they're going to think in the future much less about money and a lot more about value because so many different forms of value will have the functionalities uh, that people expect of money in a digital age, right? So we're in for some absolutely amazing times. And, and, and the quicker that you can get involved and get familiar and just and spend time on this, you'll, you can really reap the rewards. And we're talking about multi-generational rewards. We're talking about uh, legacy, giving your, family, giving your family a legacy, building a future, passing something on, passing a vision on, and, and giving your family the ability to help make that happen. That, that this is being put in your lap. You just need to pay attention, learn about it, and take advantage of it. Absolutely. I think that is a good tidbit. It's still early. There's still a lot coming on and there is a lot of opportunity that can change not just your life, but the, the lives of, of future generations. So um, Bradley, if you could take all of the information you have right now and could impart one or two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started on Syscoin, um, what is some knowledge that you would drop to yourself? Be patient because <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. Now we live in a world where things are moving very fast. Blockchain moves really quick. You can fall behind and, you know, your, your project can become obsolete in a year or less, you know, if you're not really staying on top of things, especially now, it's just, it's really beginning to snowball. So I would say I would have told myself to be, be a little bit more patient. If you see something in a project, an ideal in a project, and that really, you, you relate to it a lot, and you see the developers working hard and they're continuing to work hard then always remind yourself of what made you like that project to begin with, you know, and, and, and kind of stick with it as long as you see 
the work being done. And I would I would encourage people to get involved more with projects. Don't just hold an asset and expect everybody to do the work for you. It's really much more healthy psychologically for you to get involved with the project. Help out any way you can. I mean, I'm sure there's something almost anyone can do, whether it's just spreading the word a little bit, you know. But when you're actually contributing to the value of, of an asset that you're interested in, you know, it, it really helps you sleep at night uh, rather than, you know, like sweating bullets, wondering if someone else is going to make your asset more valuable, right? That's, that's not the way the world is supposed to work. We're supposed to contribute value to the world if we want to truly be happy. For sure. Um, I think those are two great things. Uh, be patient and be involved in projects that you see the work being done. And if you want to see the success of something, then don't sit on the sidelines, become involved. And so I think those are really two great uh, takeaways. And Bradley, as we wrap up here, man, I always like to finish up with a, a, what is a final thought that you want to leave with everyone listening here today? If you got a family, try your best to love them. (laughs) You know, our time, our time here on, on planet earth is pretty short in the grand scheme of things. Do the things you love and try to treat people you know, the way that you'd like to be treated. And that's all I have to say. That is a great final thought. Nothing to add there. Well, Bradley, thank you so much for spending some time with us. What are ways that people can connect with you and learn more about everything going on with Syscoin and the Syscoin Foundation? Yeah, so my my own personal Twitter account is BSTR156, syscoin.org. Also on Twitter, uh, follow us at, um, at sign syscoin. Uh, jump into our Discord, our Telegram. The links are, you know, on the website and on our Twitter. We have a great community. We're an OG project. A lot of OG blockchainers know about Syscoin. A lot of new people are starting to learn about Syscoin because we've, you know, we've really been, we've really been following through with, um, you know, with with pushing some exposure, and it's it's really been fantastic. The te- our tech is is really starting to shine. It's been a long, it's been a long plan. Uh, that we've followed. Uh, it's been a long road and things are coming to fruition ex- uh, you know, almost exactly the way we that we thought that they would. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Well, appreciate you dropping on the knowledge you did. Everyone, make sure you go and check out Bradley and everything going on with Syscoin. And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from BG93. Compelling content delivered in a digestible format demystifies the crypto world by engaging participants from all corners in intelligent conversation. Remarkably interesting. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.